All right, welcome to episode 12 of the Auto Week podcast. Uh, with me as always, and actually not as always at all, we have... Robin Warner, Managing Editor. Mike Price and Motorsports Editor. Jimmy Pelizzari, Events. Events boy. Events, events man. Boy. Hey. Events man. <laughs> so, how's everybody doing? Good. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing really well. Uh, I've been keeping busy with the right kind of things to keep busy with. What does that mean? Uh, driving cool cars and writing oh, about God, it. God, that's exhausting. Uh, I know, I've I know. Been, it's uh, crazy exhausting. Cleaning rust off of a 17-year-old Subaru in a dark and dingy garage. Since uh, nobody asked me how I'm doing. Uh, how are you doing, Rory? I'm a little, I'm a little sad, a uh, little bit freaked out. Uh-oh. I'm uh, <sighs> grasping with the possibility that Lewis Hamilton might actually be good. And he might actually be my favorite driver in Formula One. Jimmy has, we've been talking about it a lot this week, and he uh, seems to have, be on the precipice of completing a turn from uh, heel to face, uh, <laughs> to use wrestling terminology. And um, I, I may actually like the guy. Uh, I mean, that we still have a lot to get over. There's um, some troubling Bieber stuff. There's, there's a lot the of music Bieber career. Stats. There's yeah. a lot of Bieber. There's a lot of music. There's the over. pictures he takes of his dog. Dog pics. I think it's troubling to say. I think it's redundant to say troubling Bieber stuff. You can just say. Yeah, I don't Bieber know stuff. that Bieber is inherently bad. Troubling. I just think. I think like the the way that Hamilton has interacted with Bieber in the past has been troubling. Well, I don't. I Bieber these days. I, there's not much good left. I would. I know. I, I'm not so, trying to diss the guy. I'm yeah, just saying there's a lot of. So I would say specifically like. The idea that Hamilton walks around acting like Bieber's sidekick is troubling to me. So, had had Bieber, uh, you know, glommed onto Lewis Hamilton, racing world champion, to kind of like make himself look cooler, or or kind of you know, had the roles been reversed where Bieber was Hamilton's sidekick, I would be much more inclined to forgive that. But the idea of the Formula One champion being Justin Bieber's sidekick. Oh, so we're like saying that Hamilton is like the pup dog to, for Bieber. Yeah. Maybe okay. it's like maybe it's from like a tattoo perspective. What if it's Because Bieber has more tattoos than Hamilton. Does he? I think so. Oh, yeah. He's, we got to get oh, a count. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's only one Bieber way to know for sure. Bieber is pretty tatted I'm, up. I'm not, that's, that's not my There's only really one way to know for sure. Well, I, yeah. don't, I don't think we need to go there. Uh, well, no. I mean, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, is, is in which we kind of talked about before, but, I mean, he's he's had a little – he's – Matured. He's he's grown up a little bit. Well, he's uh, thirty-two now. He is older, um, and he's also, uh, you know, I, I think I brought this point up too. He's his um, his decline in petulance has coincided with uh, actually having a a good season, whereas last year he was super petulant when he was getting beat by his teammate. This is true. Um, yeah, it I think could be a, a coincidence. No, he doesn't. Probably have, not. No, it's, it's pretty easy. He doesn't have much to, as much to complain about this year. Right. I mean, right. I mean, everything's going well. Uh, the storms around him. I mean, we're hearing every other team complain about this, that, and the other thing. Frankly, his teammate Botas came out of the blocks pretty quick this year, but he's faded. So there's no, you know, there's nobody warring inside the Mercedes saying, "Hey, I'm getting the, you know, the, the shaft here or there." It's uh, well, I mean, there's nothing to complain about. He's got to be a good guy. Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting, though. I mean, like Robin and I were talking earlier about um, Sebastian Vettel's end yes. to the Malaysian Grand Prix, which was, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. But when you look at how you know Vettel used to be, 
kind of like this nice kind of bubbly, German. you know, innocent, you know, German kind of, child driver yeah. guy, but who always had a, a sharp edge to him whenever, like with his clashes with Weber or anything like that, you could see a very, very competitive driver come out. Um, but now you see Vettel almost always being that. And Hamilton, on the other hand, being much more laid back with his giving points back to Botas when he deserved him. And that's a critical. Uh, no, I that, think that's a critical. That's element. horseshit. That that whole <laughs> that whole situation where like that just illustrates how fake Formula One is, where it's like, you know, okay, give me the position and I'm going to go try to chase these guys down. And then I failed and like. Oh, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to give you the position back. Like that's not racing. I'm sorry. Right. Like that's not. Well, no. I see, so. I, I disagree that's not with racing. That. I disagree with that strongly because you know there's there's two different levels of racing. There's a racing against the 20 cars, and there's a race the racing against the 10 teams. And obviously, the teams feel that well, it that would, second no, it, form it is, would be better. It would be better for uh, for Hamilton to finish. If it was for the team, well, that, it would be better for Hamilton to finish. And well, that's all off the table now. Mercedes has what 150 point yeah. lead on Ferrari. I don't want to hear that the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ferrari can have uh, uh, four wins and they're not going to catch them. So it's that's off the table now. Now there's no reason. I don't want to hear any team orders going on with Mercedes. But to the to that point, it, it was the same number of points for the team that Grand Prix, the Hungarian Grand Prix, and it was Hamilton staying true, staying true to if I can't get ahead of anybody. I'll give this place back. Right, and he actually did it. But that's not racing. Yeah, make it, him pass him. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, they do team orders in IndyCar. They do team orders in Rally. They do team orders everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, not, it is a part of racing. I don't think it's nearly as prevalent, though, in the other series. It's, I'll tell you what. It's not racing, I mean, but it definitely is professional racing. Where money's involved, where big things are involved, that, that happens across Well, how did Paz now beat Newgarden then for, at, at the IndyCar finale? Yeah. I mean, they raced to the end, and Page now beat him. Who was behind Newgarden? Right. Well, Dixon was. I mean, he was Dixon was chasing and him. Absolutely, Castro Neves' no. role was to block Scott Dixon, which is fine. I mean, I, that's a competitive move. That's a team. That's a team. That's team orders. Make that's team you know, orders. But it, his he didn't. They didn't order Pagano to take second, and they didn't. You know, having a guy block for you. Is entirely different than and just waving somebody by. Get, waving somebody it's by. It's the exact same thing because Penske. It's not w- the same thing. Penske was going to win it's the not, championship it's no not matter even remotely the same. Penske thing. was going to the championship whether it was Paginot or Newgarden, and so they let him or, race or whomever. And so they let him race. The only way Penske wasn't going to win is if Scott Dixon had a really strong performance. Right. So they, they called team him. orders. No. They yeah. said one person that was in contention to get the championship. You're not in it anymore. You're going to block. Well, that's not team orders. Team orders, both guys got to be involved. Dixon wasn't involved with those team orders. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, not a team order. Wasn't. The team order, hey, Dixon, uh, you know, Cash Mellows has got team orders. It doesn't affect Dixon. Team orders has got to affect those two guys. So that's yeah. different. It's, that's just and you being can, a good teammate. You can, yeah, and, and it's in Penske's interest for uh, Castro Nevis to block and for uh, – for will, will, will power to keep, uh, but it's not in Castro Neves' interests, and that's what—that's the point I'm making. Is that the yeah, driver? He's not. In, he's the not. Driver he's, in the team. He he is not. You can say he was in contention for that for that race or for that championship, but he was theoretically in contention for it. He was not. He was not leading or number two in the in the well, points with but a chance by that to win. Standard Botas was still same deal theoretically. Yeah. In the contention for the championship. Yeah, exactly right. But that's and he didn't need to give it up in the first place. Exactly right. Yeah, but he. That's the thing is he gave it up. He waved his guy by. That's not racing. It's a part of racing. 
I, I mean, I think it's it's. When's both. the last time in Formula One we've seen teammates battling in those last three or four laps, dicing? They don't. Last year, no, not yeah, true at no, all. They, last year, last year it, Hamilton. It, yeah. oh, last Hamilton year, Hamilton one race Rosberg. for one lap. Come on, there's not. It doesn't no, it was happen. All season. No, multiple I mean, times. No, yeah. there's, there's not multiple times. No, there's yeah. no. There was so. not multiple times where anyone was battling for a lead. In I didn't any see the number last year, in but in twenty fifth was it twenty fifteen? There was one. They said they saw one pass for the lead in the last ten laps of any race all season. You get that many in the last lap of a NASCAR race. Well, because NASCAR, they're driving around in circles. IndyCar and race. Much more insert insert series here. Insert any series. Insert any series yeah. here. There's not another series on the planet that when 10 laps to go, that, that guy's in the lead, he's going to win 100% of the time. Anyway, so. It's just To me, it's not racing. So is Hamilton a good guy? Oh, yeah. So He's a great guy. <laughs> the, and the thing is, the other thing, too, and I will say, I, and this is something we get on uh, racers all the time for being too corporate, too packaged too afraid to speak out and talk about anything of interest to them. I think Hamilton's uh, acknowledging the kneeling for the national anthem issue uh, was a brave thing to do. I think um, whether he does it or not, just the fact that he has paid attention and, and made and considered that issue, I think is um, you're is referring to Lewis of- Hamilton talking about perhaps kneeling for the, uh, Race in Coda, upcoming race. In yeah, Coda. which is a little weird because he's British, and yeah, it's, you it's know, weird but he for a number of reasons. <laughs> but th- just the fact that he acknowledged it, and the fact that he has given more than a surface level uh, amount of thought to it, like I said, I I feel like that's very worthy of, uh, you know, of praise. And I think it, uh, you know, it's not a brave thing to do. Mercedes isn't going to fire him for that. But Toto Wolf was pissed off about it, um, and. Uh, Anyway, so well, that, Hamilton loves attention, loves a camera. He was asked that question. He could have easily deflected it and saying, "I'm a Brit; it doesn't matter to me." Whereas he did go on and on to the point where you know there's going to be instead of two cameras in his face on the grid, there might be five. Yeah, you know, and, and so he's a little bit of a. There was a little self promotion going on there too. Well, and, but I, and I he think, never really talked about kneeling. He basically just says he does support you know athletes who want to protest. Yeah, and I don't think he really ever really came out and said I'm thinking about kneeling, but. Uh, you know, he does support athletes who want to, you know, voice their opinion or voice their, their views in, in some sort of format like that. And so I think for, uh, to me, and especially to go do that in Texas, as a black British guy, uh, <laughs> that is that is a, a ballsy. Whoa. Hey. A ballsy <laughs> it's true. I mean, like. No, it's absolutely true. Uh, that, that's, a, that's not something they're used to seeing in Texas, I don't think. Um, and I think, you know, at quite possibly the last Formula One race at COTA, um you know, if the racing is going to be horrendously boring, as it always is, <laughs> at least we have something to talk about going into that probably final race in Texas. Um, what are we hearing on that? Well, it's still on the schedule for next year, so it won't. I don't think this will be the last one. But uh, we have talked to, uh, you know, Chase Carey over at the Liberty Media, the new owners per se, and new owners and, of Formula One. Of Formula One, yeah, not Coda, Formula One, and and they've talked about uh, they do want to expand in this hemisphere, mainly the East Coast uh, time zone, because that works better with some of their European markets. And that's where the um, money is, probably. you know, and that's exactly because you know th- while we've heard earlier that you know Long Beach was in contention for a race, and and who knows what else on the West Coast of the U.S. that just doesn't work with their time zones because that puts races at eleven o'clock at night or what have you out in. Uh, in Europe, and a East Coast uh, a mid-afternoon race can still be at, in prime time, you know, in in their main markets in Europe. So I think that's going to be a key. Now, as far as the, that goes, though, they're not giving us very many specifics because what Kerry says 
is that where the previous administration, i.e., Bernie Ecclestone, uh, would, would talk, 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 take your money, and you know, and we and we would know what was going on, or at least he would almost, uh, you know, engage these people to to, to ante up. Uh, whereas now Chase Carey says he's not going to tell you guys what's going on until it's happened. So we're going to find out. Uh, Which is probably a good. That's probably the way to do business. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, generally how it's done everywhere. It's else. a little less than, than pressuring multiple uh, semi dictatorships. Right. In, yeah. In now countries, can, no one cares. You know, about. getting you back know, to the yeah. original, pre- you know, question: Can can, can Coda survive? Well. Last year it got propped up by a, a concert. This year they're propping up by a concert. Not just any concert. Not just any concert. Last year it was Taylor Swift's only U.S. Uh, concert in, in 2016. And um, then this year it's Stevie Wonder and Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. And I don't think in that order. I think Justin Timberlake is their main act. And no. Stevie Wonder's doing Stevie like, Wonder is opening Stevie Wonder is Timberlake? So I think that that they're, they're doing them differently. I think Stevie uh, Timberlake, if I'm correct now, is is the, the Saturday night you know big show. And then uh, – I think Stevie Wonder gets them as they're driving away uh, the <laughs> Boy, next day. That that is not not good. I know. I don't know if I can truck that one. But again, uh, the way the way it, the way it works is for you know anybody who's not really followed that deal. I mean, they they sell you a race ticket, mm-hmm. which is also good for the concert. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go to the concert; they don't come back for the race, but they're counted in the attendance. Everybody's kind of happy, even though you know, there's a lot of empty seats. I think that's good, though. I, I think that you're exposing. Even some of the people who, uh, you know, maybe if 10,000 people decide to stick around for the race, that's good. That's exposing new people who probably weren't race fans before. And, and maybe some of them, you know, uh, well, follow the yeah, series. Most, yeah. of, most yeah. series do that to some extent. I mean, there's a lot of NASCAR oh, yeah. I mean, races. At, at uh, Detroit, we had... Uh, who do we have? Yeah, it was... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. There's I mean, definitely a couple of musical acts. <laughs> they, they were big, too. Yeah. Were big. No, I think when they might have had the B-52s. That was this. You're right. I think they did have the B52 yeah, this pretty, year. That's, I would go pay to see the B52. Well, but I mean, that's also been. <laughs> and I, I could be wrong. They're great. <laughs> Rock I mean, Lobster. I mean, uh, uh, Love Shack. They've got some songs. Man. I mean, they've, and they've got more than that. Wesley's nodding. He's he's. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing that was what they're. Yeah. That was yeah. you know B52s. That was Coda's second choice. Uh, but Timberlake yeah, said right. okay. <laughs> Timberlake and uh, and Stevie Wonder were cheaper. That was yeah, yeah. That was, that was a better deal. But for I mean, them. having having those types of concerts and entertainment at the American Grand Prix has has been. I mean, that's what got people out to Watkins Glen in the 70s. Right. I mean, I remember I got a I got a cab ride. This is kind of you know a cab ride in the middle of Pennsylvania with an ex hippie. Who I don't know if he's an ex hippie or just an old hippie. <laughs> just never stopped. Yeah. Anyway, but he was telling me about going to Watkins Glen in if the mid seventies uh, to go see uh, his hippie card was. Uh, I don't know if it was like, revoked or yeah, or if he was continuing a dues paying hippie or a. Uh, okay, right, so anyway. okay, so we're, we're he, he would go to the he would go to the Grand Prix to go see the Grateful Dead. All right, so this and combination he would hang out for the race. So this recipe can work. Clearly, I mean, it's worked this last year, and apparently, it's working this year. I guess the question begs now: What other acts can we get at Coda, like down the road, that can keep this propping this thing up? I mean, we, we you know, you you've hit uh, Timberlake and uh, Taylor Swift. I don't know where else you go. Uh, I mean, yeah. B fifty twos. I just don't think that's. I don't know if that's going to pull in the. Piano. No, I mean, Wesley and I were talking about uh, you know getting some, like Cloakroom, Title Fight. Uh, who are some other bands? Wes? Uh, oh, Title Fight's a band I know because they got MMA coming at the Talladega this year. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to work, but we had some some Pity Sacks was on the list of potential. Okay, I'm, I'm not uh, sensing Coda's got a long future. No, uh, <laughs> I don't know who's big now. Who's who's a big, the Mountain Goats? Are they big? They're pretty big. I'm 
I'm still listening to Led Zeppelin, so I don't. That's that's I'm sad. Kind of. But, I, uh, yeah. I actually just found out that a uh, friend of friend of Auto Week, friend of the show, uh, Run the Jewels, uh, Killer Mike, is going to be on tour next okay. year, opening up for Lord. The I think she's a New Zealander or Australian. I thought she was a Brit. No, she's definitely from one of the islands. Uh, not Britain. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, one of the other islands. Oh, oh, yeah. But uh, they're playing. Uh, they're playing the big arenas. Maybe they're a potential uh, coda. Okay. Yeah, but if you if you want like year. big poppy big, you got to go like Bruno Mars oh, or something like God. that. Just listen to him play like half-ass comedy. Yeah, because I mean, basically, songs. what Bruno Mars with Elton John opening for him. Yeah, because un- unlike pretty much this, what we have this year. Yeah, yeah. already. Lord is uh, the New Zealander. She's a Kiwi. I told you. I told you. Just you like did. Bruce McLaren. Because the key here, the key is exactly. She is the Bruce McLaren of pop. Strong <laughs> words. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. No one refute, quite knows what it. that means. Refute it. <laughs> yeah. I dare you. I dare you to refute that statement. Yeah, it's funny. So, uh, no, they, they're going to have to go. Uh, God, who else is, is really big right now? Oh, Cardi B, number one song in the uh, in the uh, And you guys are killing states me. right now. Yep. No, that's true. Uh, we get some Bodak Yellow out there. I think she comes up with another hit or two in the next year. <laughs> it could be her. That would be rad. Um, so she will save Coda. Now Coda lost Coda lost IMSA though for next year, they, and they lost. Now granted that was that was you know fifteen hundred people or yeah. whatever, but it is an event, mm-hmm. uh, and they can't stay dormant all year and expect to survive. Well, they, so they lost they lost sports car racing because they lost yep. IMSA and they lost the World Endurance Championship. Yes, uh, so that you know exactly. So, I, 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 I Coda is a, it's a fab, fabulous arena though. It's a really a great cool circuit. Spot. I mean, yeah, it, and it, it, we, you know, it, I think I the biggest problem it. with Coda is that. You know, Austin is not a car centric kind of place, you know. And yeah, uh, what is a barbecue? Is that yeah, bar- I mean, it's a party place. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a college it's place. A, it's a young place. It's hip. It's, uh, I mean, it's everything that, you know, I'm, yeah, I'll bring yeah. it down best I can when I get down there. But I uh, mean, it's supposed to be what, yeah, one uh, of the youngest cities, best music scene, really good food scene. Yeah. Well, so, speaking of which, are there, most, are there most, import- most no. importantly, uh, Pryson, you've been you've been to quite a few of the world's greatest motorsports venues uh, in the world. You know, in in I've been to a, you know yeah, in I've the last around. year or so. Sure, sure. Uh, two years, and when you get back, I always ask you how it was. And, it and the only the, thing yeah, you yeah. the only thing you talk about is the food. So, well, no, it's important. It's an important part of the weekend. I mean, I, I mean, would you say it's the most important part of the weekend? I would for you? say <laughs> it's going to be a part of every weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, got to eat. Question. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. eat. I so, may, you know, I may, I'm, if I'm going to Coda this year, which I am, I, I may not take in Stevie Wonder, but I'm taking in a burger or two. Yeah. Well, so I heard mm. last time you were at Coda, you were with a, a group of Japanese oh, journalists. Gosh. And uh, it didn't work. Someone well. had the the smart idea to take you out for sushi. Well, in Austin with with people from Japan. This was like day three. Were of they the, pissed? This was day three of our weekend, and after you know, us uh, the, the media group. There was probably ten or twelve of us, and we had done the barbecue. We had done you know steak. We had done up and down. I think it's Fifth Street in the, in the, you know, a lot of nice bar burger bars. Well, the last night the idea was hey. We've got these three Japanese guys in our media group. Let's, you know, let's you know, pay homage to them. Let's go find a nice Japanese place. We proceeded for the next hour and a half to be fed sushi, one item at a time. And so me and a few of the other guys, you know, I tried everything. I tried everything. I couldn't find one thing I liked. I, I mean, so you I made an honest attempt. I, I did. I, 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 you that's know? important. Meanwhile, the Japanese guys who we took out, 
They just sat there and drank sake the whole time. Yeah, they don't they give a shit. They don't care. They, they didn't, they they didn't touch get the sushi. Real, real sushi at home. Yeah, well, it'd be like, uh, yeah, we're down in Austin with a bunch of guys from Detroit. Let's see if we can find a coney. Yeah, like, it's like, like you know, no, we, I, the conies are made in Detroit. When yeah. we're in Detroit, we'll have conies. I can't imagine uh, how insulting that is to bring a bunch of, of Japanese people to get sushi in Texas. Yeah, which quick, I'm sure is, is good sushi. Quick anecdote to that. Uh, you know, I was with a group of Ferrari guys, uh, an engineer, uh, one of their drivers, and a couple of their mechanics. And it was up to me to take them to lunch. And I said, so I know, I know a decent Italian place. Whoa, you did not. And I know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And I know you're taking Ferrari to an Italian place. A decent, a decent Ferrari. Let's see. Uh, Yeah, decent. Yeah, decent. Was it Olive Garden? Let's. All right. So we we built up sufficient suspense. It was Olive Garden. So I said we can either go noodles and company. Like have you ever had endless breadsticks? Were there free refills? Like watch this, guys. Yeah. Nab your fingers. They're bringing you salad and breadsticks. I bet they don't get that in a table. Right, so we can do, we can do that, <laughs> all the things you just described, or we can go to a burger place. I know a good burger place. McDonald's. And in unison, <laughs> in unison, all of them are like, oh, burgers. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so we went to this local. Anybody uh, know what Italian burgers is? We went to a local spot. Uh, we went to the local spot in Ann Arbor called Casey's. It's right by the railroad tracks. Great burgers. The, the future sponsor of uh, and, the podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. And they all ordered. This like, story better be going somewhere. They all ordered bacon <laughs> Casey, cheeseburgers. Yeah. I'm watching and the- large French fries and downed it like it was McDonald's, and they had three minutes. And uh, they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And it's because when you're at the local spot, you do what the locals right, do. Can we cut that out? That was a five minutes. Can we cut that story out. <laughs> Get editing. Wesley's shaking his head. So now. the moral of the story is, is if the they're f- Italian, don't take them out for. So you're pasta. you're doing barbecue then. In Austin last year, yeah, I'm, there's no sushi in my future. I no. will be. I'll, I'm, I'm calling in sick on that one if there's. Okay. Um, but you're right. You're right, Robin, about taking them to you know where they. You know, don't take them. Don't try to be Italian. Yeah. And you, I mean, if you if you're entertaining Ferrari, don't try to be Italian. When when we were at Lamar this year and we went to the Ford uh, one of the Ford hospitality thing, and they tried to serve you know. You know, the, I'm sorry, what was the, the French food? Sorry, and I, I would have rather had a burger and fries. What was the best uh, track food that you've had in the last say, two oh years? Oh my gosh, that's a tough. Was the highlight? I mean, it's all good, man. You ever had those little uh, the hot dogs in the baguette at like Laguna Seca? They have Isn't them. Isn't that called a pig in a blanket? No, no, it's in a baguette. They take a baguette and they hollow it out. I think it's called a. It's like a something. It's something with an ethnic slur against French people. It's like frog. Something or uh, it's offensive, could, yeah, but they're delicious. Pretty, and you dip yeah. them in mustard. That's keep keep an eye out for that when you're down there. I will. Um, so going frog from in a blanket with mustard? no, it's it's like half frog or it's it's offensive. Anyway, it's well, good. I am looking for some uh, <laughs> some good ribs down in uh, good. So anyway, we have on the list. We got to talk about Cadillac pulling out of Pirelli World Challenge uh, to focus on. Um, Focus on prototype the, racing. prototype racing, the DPI class, yeah, and IMSA, um, which boy, it, it kind of you know when they started investing in uh, that DPI class, it sure did not look good for their Pirelli World Championship program, which has been a very successful program for them and really carried the banner, I think, for for GM and Cadillac in some pretty lean years as far as as motorsports, as, you know, on the Cadillac side. Um, Tough to see that go away. I mean, mostly because that ATSV uh, or the PWC car was the 
most ridiculous looking car in that grid. And like, and it won. I mean, it was yeah, very it was, successful. And I mean, really, I mean, I think you know the story that um, you have Johnny O'Connell, yep. uh, Lamar winner, uh, you know, highly accomplished sports car racer with a factory backed effort going against a, a lot of privateers. Uh, I think almost exclusively privateers in most years. Um, so they were expected to win, and they did. Uh, but it doesn't make it any easier to see that that go away. And I think, you know, um, while it's it's going to be awesome watching that IMSA uh, DPI class next year with with Mazda and Team Yost and uh, Acura and Team Penske, excuse me, and Cadillac um, with Wayne Taylor. With Wayne Taylor, oh, what, yeah, it's going to be probably the best. I mean, some of the best racing in in. Uh, you know, in the world next year, I think that that class will be some of the most competitive, intriguing uh, stories to come out of. And we did see that uh, Penske did confirm uh, Castro Nevis this week mm-hmm. uh, for that ride next year. Something so, we'd, we'd kind of thought was yeah, gonna that's happen. been rumored for a while, but they finally did confirm it. Uh, I had a Petit Le Mans this weekend and uh, bringing a little star power to IMSA. That's a lot of star power yeah. for IMSA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know we can talk about Johnny O'Connell's of the world, but uh, Castro Nevis is going to get a lot of more eyeballs on that series, and I got to believe they're they're dancing in the IMSA office. Well, and Juan Pablo Montoya, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. going to be yeah. uh, it, that is going to be super cool to watch. And it will put it'll be a real interesting thing because Team Yost is such a, a storied race team in the sports car world, but Team Penske is such a storied name. Period. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know they have the more the better known drivers here in the states. Yeah. And we have one more car yet. I mean, Penske still got to get drivers for its second car, which we have not heard yet. But they're not going to be no name drivers. I mean, we don't know. We're, we're going to be you know trying to yeah. root them out this weekend and get some names from them, but. Uh, you know, you can guarantee that those are going to be some big name star power names there too. And there are a lot of guys out there too. With, I mean, with the collapse of Audi's program, there are a lot of guys out there who are are you know Le Mans winners who are internationally known sports car drivers who are looking for a ride. And and as much as you know, people are are spending time with uh, Formula E this year. I think if you give um, a, a guy who's currently running in Formula E or currently seeking a seat in Formula E an opportunity to run in that DPI class in IMSA, the decision's going to be pretty easy for them. Because I, I think, you know, as, as cute as, as Formula E is at this point, um, the real racing uh, is still happening in, uh, you know, gasoline-powered cars. Uh, you know, the top-level racing is is still happening in... Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think if you were cars. to if, if you were to throw a seat at any anyone in Formula E in... You know, in a top level, still like a gasoline, a real car, yeah, a real car, then I think they would probably take it. Yeah, you know, I mean, although to as a counterpoint, Formula E is growing fast; it's growing in popularity, and there is, is it there's really, serious drivers. They, there. It's like growing in popularity. I don't think it is. In, they yeah. say it is, but it's, they can't. They can't. I mean, the U.S. They haven't been able to stay in the same venue more than two or three years. Yeah. This is true, but no there's so much buying it. There's money behind Formula E, and there's growth in Formula E. I mean, they're on a world it, stage, and the drivers no, that are there, you're beating. You're no, beating. This strong is, guys. It's all. It's all marketing shit. I mean that. That you know, if you want to talk about a series that's actually healthy, talk about IMSA. Formula E is all. It's the cheapest series to get into. You go buy a spec car. They're all exactly mm-hmm. the same. Uh, you go hire someone who, you know, like I said, was recently a, 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 a sports car driver, and then you you participate in whatever marketing driven event that they have. 
uh, on the schedule. Yeah, it's only what twelve or thirteen different venues. I mean, yeah. it's not like. It's, I mean, I, I, I think my point is though. I think the paycheck and formula e for the drivers is pretty darn decent. Yeah, I'd have to. I I would imagine it would have to be. Yeah. Um. Because, like I said, that's probably not anyone's first choice. And I think, and I think that the paycheck is probably stronger than could. I mean, fair amount of the IndyCar rides. And uh, yeah, that's probably true. And so you're going to make more money at Penske, but I'm not sure you're going to make more money much other many other places. Yeah, at AJ Foyt or yeah. So if you want a longer career, that I mean, to me that that's a that's a serious pull. If you want to be a if you want to be a professional driver, and you know, yeah, that's true. That's I think a, it's a, I think it's a it's a serious. Series though, I mean, like I remember watching the the first one, and that was still like I think the cars looked weird, and they had they hadn't really worked out any of the kinks and stuff. But it was good. Were they still swapping cars to get through the race? They that that's yeah. ending. That's that's their yeah. they're going to a single car I think next year. But it was still it was still real racing. I mean, there were wheel to wheel action. There were, and you know you guys would would have loved it. It was much more wheel to wheel passing than in any Formula One race. Um, and it was all of the spectators could be really close to the action. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, no, and I, I don't. I don't you mean just to have talk, to get over the weird sound. I don't mean to talk <laughs> to talk exclusively talk shit about Formula E. You know, I think it's interesting. I think like uh, the electrification thing is important, and it is something I think um, that we have to be looking toward for the future. I just I feel like, and and we have to wrap this this motorsport segment up, but I feel like. You know the shift from top level endurance racing to uh, Formula E is is one of these just kind of you know living in this era of like diminished expectations where um, everybody is trying to save money here and you know big companies like Volkswagen and Audi and um, who have billions and billions of dollars to spend are all looking over their shoulder, uh, kind of envisioning this future where they have less and trying to save money. Um, and it's it's very disheartening. It's very like, you know, it, it, I think the signs are there in motorsports, and the signs are there in just about every industry you wanna um, you wanna look at. Um, everybody is contracting, and everybody is kind of um, you know looking out into the future and, and not seeing promising things ahead. So, well, you mentioned too about the the cost and stuff like that. You know, it's, granted, it's a growing series and all that. But it definitely must be a lot cheaper because we see manufacturers mm-hmm. leaving Lamar to go yeah. to Formula. They're not going there because they want to spend more money. No, exactly. You and know? It, it's they're saving billions. Yeah, doing that. But you know, when we could say, you know, like look out optimistically and say, hey, there, are, you know, here are all these manufacturers who are competing at the top level of endurance racing, and now they're all, you know, basically buying into a, the cheapest spec series available. Uh, you know that's it's a little depressing to be honest and and i think you know i think it's it's a sign um you know that's an expression in the automotive industry but there are signs all over the world and all over the economy of this um kind of era of of diminished expectations where um well not not to drag the the motorsport thing out a little longer but there are um right after you know porsche pulled out of lamar um you know, you, you see rumors of them talking about being a Formula One engine supplier. Right. You see yeah, Aston Martin talking about being an engine supplier. But they're looking forward to those new set of rules mm-hmm. where it'll be much easier, cost effective, and they'll probably get a ba- better bang for their buck um, once those new rules come in. Well, and going the other side, uh, you know, there is there's 
real momentum behind Formula E. Mercedes, who is currently leading in the Formula One World Championship, we're talking. They're also going to go to Formula E. Uh, but that's again, you can't. That is not an apples to apples thing because one of them cost a couple hundred thousand dollars for stickers, and the other one costs right. But billions what I'm of saying, is they're doing that in addition to build a car. To, in addition to Formula yeah, One, yeah, they're covering their ass. Well, yeah, okay. they're, they're, yeah, because when they see their competitors <laughs> going over there, well, we better be there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see if they stay. Yeah, and or, shit, if it's or, only a couple hundred thousand dollars, if we're only buying a vinyl, you know, if we're buying yeah. a, a vinyl wrap, then why not? And if there's, you know, if everybody's got the same car and the same equipment. All right, so we're going to, uh, we're nearing, I'm going to try to get this as close to half an hour as possible, uh, but we're going to have to wrap up 20, our 19, motorsports 18. segment <laughs> right about now, uh, and we're going to move on to talk a little bit about car culture and uh, some of the cars we've been reviewing lately. I don't think we're going to make it. So we're back uh, from our motorsports discussion. Uh, Pryson has left us, um, sadly, um, and he will not be returning until next episode, uh, which will be a very spooky Halloween episode, our Halloween special coming up. Uh, It'll be episode number 13, and we'll be recording it right before All Hallows' Eve. Uh, Hell Night, they call it. It should be extremely, I think it's called Devil's Night. I don't know. Is it? Yeah, Devil's Night. Yeah, I don't think anyone calls it Hell Night. Oh. I do. By the way, I'm here. Yeah. Uh, So joining us now, replacing Pryson, we have Wesley Run. Hey, associate editor. Uh, He's the Hey Associate Editor, Tinder correspondent. Uh, (laughs) Wesley. Uh, Wesley Not for long. What do you mean not for long? I don't know. We're cutting this out. Let's, let's keep this. Let's keep it. Let's keep my love life out. Bad Tinder experience? No, no, no. It's not so much. See, the point of Tinder. Well, there's a lot of points of Tinder. No, I'm pretty sure I know. I'm pretty sure I know what the point of Tinder is. I think is. Tinder is a pretty focused thing. Actually, no, all the things no, the world. no, no. Okay, so what, what, what happened? Is, I mean, a, a Tinder is defined is, is a to thing find that a gets mate. the flame started, right? Yeah, to kindle a relationship. Right. Yes, it, it's a long-term kindle. monogamous relationship, which could be on the precipice. I could be on the precipice oh. again. Wow. Who knows? We're, what happened? What I don't want to talk about Wesley? it. I Should don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it right now. No, this is good pod. No, this is I terrible pod. <laughs> this is car culture. Okay, everybody. Oh, everybody's my God. Last everybody. time I saw you, you helped me uh, get a car in. Let's please garage. not talk about this in public. Did you tell her about your Model A? Is this public? This isn't public. This, no, no this one podcast is public. It, no, it, nobody yeah, listens. Yeah, I have, actually. It could be public. Anyway. Is that her name? No, her name is Elon Musk. And her problem is she can't build cars. Oh, uh, you didn't tell me she was South African. No, so, is she? All right, so let's <laughs> let's like take a brief movies. moment. Yeah, and start again. No, no, this is good. This is good no, pot. This, this is good. this is good stuff. Okay. Little color. All right. I think the listeners like to know what's going on in our personal lives more than probably they'd like to know what's going on in Elon Musk's uh, business ventures. Business ventures. His, I mean, his personal life is funny too, but um, most unusual. <laughs> Most unusual, the saddest, horniest guy in Silicon Valley, uh, who, who also allegedly yeah, the saddest. That's like a good T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's about, like it's like a variation of I am. I'm gonna I am the yeah. stig. I am the saddest, right. saddest, horniest guy. Yeah, okay. and most unusual. Um, so Elon, yes. Uh, this is gonna sound crazy, but made some pretty big. And bold promises about Model Fif- 3 production. Yep, 1,500 cars, which is not that bold. Uh, well, 
not that bold for a, a long-standing car company, but bold for an upstart such as Tesla. I mean, are they an upstart? They've been around for 10 years. Well, I mean... Are they it, really an upstart anymore? I think by the in time a Ford Motor Company was 10 years old, they were building millions and millions, millions of Model of cars. T's. Yeah. In, relative, in relative terms, so anyone, it is Anyway, an Elon fucked up. Uh, didn't build the cars he thought he was going to build. But how many... Do you want to know how many he built? He built? Uh, 200 and something? Yeah. Yeah. He, was, that's pretty good. That's uh, more than I could build. 83% off target. Yeah, that's, that's it sounds bit. worse when you say that's it like that. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, you know, part of kind of a, um, a continuing pattern of yeah. Tesla's, I he, think. He's yes. the most consistent person at missing deadlines. Yeah. I mean, he, is, he should just like take that and learn from it and adjust his deadlines to be like, okay, I think I can do X by by this date, and then add like two years to it. Well, but the reason why the reason why Tesla has done as well as it has is because Elon Musk has delivered, you know, has these like bigger than life, over the top, um, you know, I uh, mean, the, the claims, re- it, and you know, and he never misses them, and people don't seem to care. But the fact of the matter is, he, he the thing, and that's I think the point is that people don't care, and I think. You know he he is a, a very successful huckster um, who has has convinced a small number of people to uh, get behind him regardless of what he does or uh, whether he's successful or not, which should be a familiar thing to people. We at should, this point we should say uh, we should say <laughs> alleged huckster. No, I mean I think I think you can say he's a huckster at this point. I think. Um, Again, failure to deliver on on these big, uh, bold promises, and then relying on, you know, this core group of true believers, to either bail them out financially, or, um, you know, or just accept that their cars don't work, or their cars are late, or uh, their cars don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, you know, I w- I kind of wish we had a better um, avatar for the EV thing because, as I've said, it's important. Um, I think, you know, he is right when he say that when he says uh, that it's important that we uh, get to a, a more EV heavy fleet or an entirely EV heavy car fleet. I think um, that stuff is all true. Um, I just, you know, it, it is um, disappointing, I think, to watch this kind of stumble along um, process of, of this car company. I think that stumbling along along is uh, disrupting. Oh yeah, but here's a, it's a you hot, know Elon hot word. The I think the his biggest problem, and this is just my own conjecture now, but his biggest problem is you know he had a real attitude of all the car companies that are in existence now, especially the American car companies, aren't any good. They're no yeah, good. They're stupid. They're dumb. Yeah. And I can do it much better. Yeah. And, and that is a typical Silicon Valley mindset where. Right. You know, everything's everything is just waiting to be disruptive. And it turns out it's hard to build cars. Really hard to build cars. And not there's easy. a lot it's of time and energy to get it. And there's tons like just government regulations alone. There's just a mountain of different regulations you have to hit for in, environmental components. And that's not that's not just uh you know, exhaust output, which obviously he avoids, but the materials of the plastics, mm-hmm. the process of the plastics. Um, you know, different uh, stages where plants can be made, uh, where plants can be put in their emissions and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, safety, obviously, that's a huge pile. And then, you know, how you deal. And then there's a whole like 
you know, franchise versus having your own wholesale stuff yeah. and production process, all that kind of stuff. He's he's tried to skirt. He's tried to skirt the way car companies do it at every he's, step. He's just and skipped every step all the hard he's parts. Learning. Yeah. yeah. And every step he's learning why those processes were there. Well, and I think some of those processes are, are valuable and some of them are, some of them are the stupid red tapey type stuff. Um, but I think if you're, you know, if you're a, a business person, you have to obviously uh, run your business in the environment that exists. And I, I don't say, I'm not saying that he shouldn't be pushing for improvements on a lot of that stuff. He should. Um but I, I think, you know, stuff like, well, you know, we're not going to test our product. We're just going to release it to the public. Right. Uh, That's a bold and bad move. It's just stupid. And it's lazy. I mean, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it's all those things. And it's it's not it's not innovative or like uh, disrupt. It's just lazy. And it's and it's a product of not being really prepared to run a car company. We're going to release a magazine and not proofread it. I think we've done that before. Uh-oh. Yeah. But people don't die if our magazine has typos in it. That's the difference. Um, some may. Some may. Yep. Uh, our copy editor may. <laughs> uh, but he's not here. Um, but, yeah, I you know, like I said, I, I don't know what else needs to be said. Another kind of missed well, deadline on the, the Tesla front is not really news. I have one uh, thing to say about that. Yeah. If you want... If you want a uh, you know a Model Three S car that does exist has been proven and tested out, just get a Chevrolet Bolt. Yeah, it's a good a car. Bolt's good. I mean, it's yep. a good car and offers two hundred and thirty-eight miles of range. Yep. they look pretty sharp. And Nissan has a new Leaf, which is but that's cheaper. The whole but the whole thing is, you, you know, the Tesla is not. Um, it's not desirable because it's well engineered or uh, it looks cool or it performs well or whatever. It's a, it's a product for early adopters who are Elon Musk cultists. And well, and I was talking to a guy at um, the bar last night and uh, the only place Jimmy talks to people who don't work at auto. Week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, sorry if that hit a little too close to home, but all right. it's also, okay. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, it's a, no, one, I, anyway, a wonderful I talk, bar. I was talking to this bar, guy yeah. at the bar, and um, we were talking about EVs. He had just gotten a job at um, an automotive company, and he doesn't know anything about cars. And we were talking about he was excited about EVs and basically future technology in cars. And he started talking about Tesla, and and I brought up the new Porsche, um, which is going to be oh the. What is it? The Project E, e or what? Mission, Mission e. e? Mission E, yeah. yeah. Which is benchmarked against, uh, I think, is, P, either P90 or yeah. P100D. Yeah, right. the Model S. So yeah. one of the high-end Model S's. It'll be like a Model S, but a real car. Right. So, but, <laughs> right, exactly right. But what I was saying is, is, so let's suppose that, you know, buying an electric car is no longer, like, all that out there. You know, it's a pretty normal thing to do. and It is getting normalized, yeah. Right, exactly. So, but you, and let's say you're buying your first, you know, $90,000, $100,000 car, right? And let's say that it's a little bit of a stretch, but you can afford it. And you walk in and there's a Porsche sitting there and there's a Tesla sitting there. Which one are you going to buy? I mean, I think you're going to buy the Porsche. But here's well, the thing. I, that's, that's, that's the problem is yeah. the car guy, the car guy will always say Porsche, but the consumer just what you're getting at, they, yeah. they're kind of still in awe by the, ooh, Silicon Valley, this must be great. This is like the Apple of cars or something. And so I, that's why so many people went to the Model S. I think yeah. that's why it's 
surviving, but I don't think that that's yeah, that's it, that's good enough for that's stasis. also why it's going to why companies like Porsche yeah. and Audi and whoever are going to be able to take over that market. Yeah, there's still there's still a lot of I, I think that there's a definite ceiling for people who believe Elon Musk is Iron Man and will buy whatever he sells. Um, and then there's people who expect their cars to work and deliver on the, the promises that, that are made. I mean, look and no further are, than Consumer Reports. Consumer Reports gave a glowing review, the best review ever to the Model S. Then they got reliability data. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, actually... Oops. I've had the same experience with... I mean, this is not a well-put-together car. Right. Um, I believe there was an event uh, called Model Stranded. Yeah, you can look that up. That was a, that was a rather... Uh, and that actually was not... You know, I don't chalk that up to quality. That was a, a, a solenoid failed, which is something that can happen. I mean, I've driven enough old Fords to know that uh, electric solenoids are prone to, to failures. But a screwdriver, or, or a yeah. pair of pliers can fix that, not a problem. Yeah, usually you can jump it uh, with a jumper cable works too. That is a safe way, sure. Yeah, uh, so not that we're talking, it's a screwdriver. Anyway, um, but yeah, I think um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how long this, this Tesla thing can go. Obviously, uh, their stock, and this, the thing that really drives me crazy about this is like, and this, this kind of goes back to my earlier point, but... Um, there are kind of all these, you know, uh, not to sound too much like Adam Curtis, but there are too there are too many like all these kind of cracks in the facade of what we view as, um, you know, modern uh, American life or modern modern life. Um, and I think one of them is watching the total irrational uh, exuberance for Wall Street for Tesla stock. So you you look at Tesla. A company that sells a tiny fraction of um, uh, of what they promise, and they um, deliver cars that don't work. And I don't think they make money. I, I don't imagine they're making money. No, no. Um, but their stock is super highly valued. And you know, I think growing up, me and I think a lot of other people assumed that the guys who were who were trading stocks on Wall Street. Uh, at least professionally, knew something that we didn't know or they had access to information that we don't have um, or were smarter somehow. or So the people who are really holding the, the levers of the economy were were there for a reason. And I think you, know, you can look no further than the value of Tesla stock right now uh, to find a, a pretty easy refutation of that idea. And I think you know, those... those uh, those cracks are, are kind of everywhere uh, in our world right now, um, and I, it's just very hard. You know, it's it's very hard to see that. It's very hard to see uh, this like fun. You know, I, like obviously it's fundamentally irrational. It doesn't make sense. Like we had the housing crisis. We've had like a million ways that our world has been, you know, at least temporarily uh, blown up by these people making stupid decisions. But it's it's still hard to kind of. To watch it, you know, happen again and again and again. Sure, and uh, as a Bloomberg analyst, yeah, uh, Bloomboy, Bloomboy, we call you around the office. Yeah, uh, some other modern life problems we're facing. Yeah, I mean, I think Keyfobs. Yeah, and again, Keyfobs are getting too damn big. Another, another you know, another uh, observation that we can have. It's a bubble. Idea. Not to get too. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big damn bubble. <laughs> not to get too dark. Uh, not to get too dark on the Auto Week podcast, but I think um, Keyfobs. 
Why are they so big? Let's all I mean, pull I lo- out our key fobs. <laughs> I don't have. A I don't key have. Fob. I don't have a single key fob with me. I well, I'm 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 looking at a, a Hyundai Santa Fe Sport key fob. To me, this is a perfectly reasonable size. Let me see that. I have in my hand a trunk and glove box door key to my 1954 Ford, and it is much tinier than any key. Tinier yeah, than any key and fob. it does the same thing essentially. Oh, uh, safer, it, arguably. I think this Toyota one. Is a much no, more appropriate no, size. No, 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 no. The Toyota one, though, is in addition to your already bulky key. Yeah, which is a smart key. Yeah, it's a truck. So he's driving a truck, so he's, yeah, and the, the he's Hyundai, got the fob and the regular key. Uh, the which Hyundai is an argument for fob is a push-to-button start, so everything is the fob. And if, if everything, if the battery, there's a key buried within the I fob. I think that the... Uh, what are the worst key fob offenders? I've got, and I know no, which one is going to you know what be. the worst one is. Is it seven series? Yeah, it's pretty it's, it's super. The Tamagotchi, bad. the Tamagotchi <laughs> one that's literally the size of my smart smartphone. Well, and there's and more real expensive. weight to it. Yeah, it, it weighs forty it's, pounds. It's heavy. Yeah, uh, Robin, you it, looked up how much that was, right? That seven. Uh, I think it was you. No, that was, it was five series. And, oh, excuse me, five series. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the and, same fob. Yeah, I and think. it was uh, five hundred and fifty dollars for a actually, new. It sounds kind of like a bargain. It, well, you can actually though. Uh, you can get. I think they offer in the the. On the website, you can get like a wheeled, um, like a luggage case to carry the fob. Uh, well, I think the like it, it's like a you know it's you, like you, a, no you, no it's if you pay someone a salary you get like a butler. Oh, I didn't see that. I yeah, saw that's, like a, it was like a wheeled like a you know like a, a carry on bag. Well, it's not a real butler. It's like it's like a Roomba with a little with a with a tray. Well, that, that and would then be it's interesting. Got yeah. Supports. yeah, it's got um, it's to to carry the weight. It's got reinforcement. But I think you know. But why are great, these key fobs getting so big? But great keys though. Uh, and this is something that I, uh, you know, we drive a lot of cars. So this is something Nissan, fantastic. Uh, similar to Mazda. Super efficient. Mazda, very good. Um, Tesla, actually, one area like <laughs> where they're pretty successful. Good job, it's Musk. A, well, it's a small key fob, but the buttons don't have any labeling on them. Ooh. And it. Yeah, I, to me that key fob's a little wonky. Yeah, but it's the, the size wise, it's a, and it's, it's a very good size. And it's uh, yeah, it's not bad. What what about Porsches? Were Porsches like I the think, shape of the car? The shape of the car. I think that's, uh, yeah, I don't I like that's that. cheesy. It's a cheesy. Yeah. I wear I wear tight jeans. Size wise, it's, it's not awful. Like, what right. do you, but and I mean, what do you do? You you put it on like your night. Nightstand or whatever next to your bed, so you can like play with it or something. Right, you know, like, it's like a little model <laughs> yeah. car. And you're like, I have a Porsche. Oh, now. It's painted you the know, same like, as my for nine hundred dollars. Wait, wait, wait! Yeah. You buy a real Porsche so you can play with the key fob? I don't know why is the key fob. Why is it like that? Car? Yeah, why is it like that? I mean, it should be like real luxury to me. Would be like the smallest possible, least intrusive. Like I should be able to put it in my wallet or like put it. Well, that's what Mazda did. You know, I don't know. It was probably approaching ten years ago now. With their smart key with push button start was actually like credit card shaped, and it was yeah. a little thicker. But I think the thinking was you do slide in your wallet yeah. and never think about it. Well, I, I think I love the the fob on my Tacoma. I mean, it's smaller than that one, and I'm pointing at the the Hyundai Tacoma one. Tacoma again, but it you is. have to have a separate key. That's two things you have to carry. No, no what, it, what goes in the ignition? Nothing. It's it's. Start. I just, so why I do you have the key? Pocket. Why do you have the second key? What's that? I'm looking at it right now. That's the Tundra. Ah. So this car, is the whole thing. Car cross up. This is the whole thing. This little. That's not bad then. This right here. That's it. It's a. It's the size of that. Yeah. So, of the big fobs though, the Bentley one is okay. There's a good weight to that one. It's got like the actual uh, kind of knurled uh, stainless steel. Uh, piece to it, it yeah, feels substantial. It, it becomes like you know, it comes like a little 
it needs substance and 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 yeah, measure like, at, to be a Bentley to be a Bentley. Yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, a I Bentley boy. I, get that, like, I don't know. My my now keep granted my cool car knowledge stops at about 2013, which I mean, but when I remember that the Bentley key fob was a it's Volkswagen. like a v- VW, it was yeah, a Volkswagen, but it's heavier. Yeah, with some stuff on it. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah, I think is fine. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I like, mean, uh, a Ferrari, a Ferrari key fob is quite nice. I don't even know what it, that looks no, like. No, the Ferrari anymore. one is awful. It's the key. It's the right. whole key. What's wrong with that? It's pokey. I don't want the pokey thing in my pocket. But wait, we pokey you were like, hold I on, like you, were just, a good you were just key. talking about how great your 1954. Yeah, yeah, but that's, a, that's, that's totally flat. No, 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 no. See, that's a totally flat key. The Ferrari that, that is also sharpened into a blade. It's no, it's it's a pokey key on the end of a big fob. It's the worst of both worlds. Although. Ferrari does have one of the worst keys I've ever seen in my life, which is for a Testarossa. Have you ever seen one of those? The ones oh, that, yeah. The floppy ones? Yeah, those are really, and, really bad. And if you look at Testarossas, break. but if you most they of all them, have scratches they have on scratches them. around yeah. the keyhole because key. the floppy key just flops, flops around. around. Yeah. And it scratches it's your... A, you know, your Ferrari. Flaccid, yeah. I have, um, a, I have a picture <laughs> of a Ferrari key that I'm looking for right now and you understand that the podcast audience can't see uh, yes but not you yet can't we're see, eventually going then, full video and we're putting the video relate <laughs> relate to the rest of the podcast okay well uh, while uh, robin is making a very ill-advised dive into his phone to find uh, a picture of a key we're going to move on to something uh we've been teasing for a while teasing i mean i think probably back to episode two i think real it's predates the podcast even real auto week podcast fans potheads potheads uh who like listen to this podcast that's not bad at all it's terrible that it's is the not. worst key it's a that looks awful yeah it's it's putting that in your yeah. pocket it's also very phallic it's like i'd almost rather not have a ferrari. i mean it's what a ferrari key isn't i mean for heaven's sake what key is that phallic that's not phallic I mean, well, it's, it's kind of. Phallic. I think it's the people. definition yeah. of phallic. Actually, yeah. I think yeah. it's. Yeah. This looks like Stratocaster. <laughs> oh, that's cool. What's that for? <laughs> My parents' house. <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going cool. to invent a word for that. That is. Jimmy, you can get one of those. Yeah, I'm not a Fender guy. No, I know, but I mean, I. Uh, yeah. I am, but we'll talk about this later. Uh, diminished well, expectations. Yeah. Uh, the, what, what, what do we hate? The removal of the auxiliary port in cars. It's just. What, you bemoan. You hate it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, like... I love it. Why? Like Jake mentioned a while ago, don't be a Luddite. Just plug it in through your USB not, port. I'm not being a Luddite. The, the, okay, so the thing is, with the auxiliary cable, and this is changing because all the phones are getting rid of the headphone jacks, which is so stupid. That but, is stupid. Uh, I'll agree. I thought they brought it back. What? No, not an yeah. iPhone. iPhone's gone no, forever. They're all gone. The stupid, horrible Google Pixel phone. The worst consumer product i've ever had contact with which now has a successor the pixel 2 yeah garbage do not buy do not buy i had one for three days there yeah i've had one for close to a year and it has been an unending nightmare uh what's it got to do with aux ports though well the, it's got so, a headphone so anyway the cool thing about the aux port is you you hook up your your speaker cable or your what is it the 3.5 millimeter cable your eight to eight yeah yep and uh, you can hand it to anybody in the car. Yeah. They can play their music. They can control it from their phone. They don't have their phone, like, in text messages and whatever broadcast onto the center console thing. That does lead to some backfire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that has hurt me in the past. And it's, it's got to be. Why do you be, let other people plug into your sound system? 
Because sometimes it's they can be the you, DJ. It's called trip. being polite. Yeah, it's no. being nice. No. Yeah, but you gotta be polite. I am oh, not yeah. well, you want to listen Jimmy. to Captain Beefheart the whole time? That sounds great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you don't? Get out of my car. Yeah. <laughs> Man's got a point. Captain yeah, Beefheart gets a win. Yeah, okay. Uh, Diddy with Diddy, great yeah. song. So, anyway, the point is, it was nice. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, how much does it cost an automaker to add an aux port to a car? A penny? Like a, uh, I would imagine more than a penny because you gotta design it and you gotta buy it. They yeah, install okay. it. But like over the over the run of a Ford Focus where they're gonna sell several hundred thousands of car. We're looking at millions of dollars in probably for that. No, but like per car. I don't know. Anyway. Less than a dollar, but it has to be designed it has to be designed into the interior pretty early on or designed out of the, the interior. Uh, the I, I actually disagree. Well, that's, all, that's an awful idea. I've actually, I've actually like never, I've never seen yeah. a, uh, an aux cable or an aux in on a car that looked like a designer had anything to do with <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> it's like, ah, shit, we need that thing there. Uh, uh, can we drill an eighth inch hole? <laughs> yeah. Despite that. They all look like I installed them. Despite that, having worked at a car company, I know that. A lot of time and effort goes into uh, so the, every little the tiny intern. Detail. The intern has to, like I said, pull uh, get Mike on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just a bummer to see it going away. And I, like I said, I don't mean to seem like a luddite, but the idea of having everybody have to connect to the Bluetooth with Stranger Battery, the Bluetooth, or, awful. Uh, and also like I like the Bluetooth. Yeah, I just yeah, use no, Bluetooth. the Bluetooth I, is the Bluetooth is great when it works. When it works, it's hard to get set up sometimes. Yeah. It kills your battery. Um, what I'm waiting for, much like every. It always happens uh, with audio technology. We're eventually going to cycle back to AM tube radios. No, shit. I'm just going to buy cars with AM tube radios. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's the solution to all this Why stuff. Why wait? Why wait? Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a few. Yeah. Um, you certainly have cars that are old enough, but that uh, were too cheap at the time to have a radio. But uh, <laughs> it's a luxury feature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not everybody's a Rockefeller. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I said, in the the whole connect to the uh, connect to the the USB thing, I don't know what they're doing with the data. They're connecting and uh, oh, reading my phone. No. I don't know. Did you wrap your phone in tin foil? No, Did I, you, have Alex you don't Jones, know. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know. Uh, can we have on the Infowars when uh, when you plug in your you plug in your phone? They're like, can I have access to your text messages? And you're like, no, you're a press car. Get out of here. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's true. For you, I wonder if GM knows about my life now. No, I'm sure they do. I, I mean, I, I would probably know that you're on the verge of a serious. Oh, relationship. that's not. It's going down that road again. Did you look. There was like a <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. There was a big Tinder thing. There was a big uh, story uh, two weeks ago about. What Tinder knows about you? And Which is it, everything. It is everything. It knows I love memes. Yeah, and it, it and probably has uh, all of your. <laughs> no, someone has read all of your conversations. I hope so. They're all very funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm anyway, funny and popular. So the please marry me. A thousand matches. The uh, fifteen hundred actually. Really? <laughs> yeah, for you. God. Yeah, good for you. I'll is get it, the official number. It, One second. Where is, is that good? No, it's do bad. You, do you want to share that? Yeah, why not? We already, we already. Done, I'm cutting all the previous. I mean, no, no, GM no. already knows. Listen, so listen. Fourteen forty-six. That's good. Wow. What, what is that number? I, I've never Matches. Tinder. All That's all the ladies matching. who have agreed all to marry Leslie. Not enough. Uh, what do you call like that when you get? What, what no, do you call I, it when you get a marriage proposal thing? No, dude. Like that's this, the dowry proposal. No, not big enough dowry. That's your problem, man. You need you. You're way too general. You should you should have like ten. What are you talking about? You're married. Got to play the odds. Yeah. Anyway, listen, Wesley. You know what I do when I play the odds? I play the odds to win. 
No, God, this is a bit. That's a horrible. Listen, if if you cut any of the Tinder stuff, <laughs> oh. I'm gonna make you go back and re-edit it back in, which is gonna be hard for you. So, <laughs> oh. you your mastery, oh, your mastery correct. of audacity is not up to that. Uh, that task. It's not far from it. Anyway, so, so to close things out, um, we should talk a little bit about the world's greatest drag race, Comparo. Uh, the motor train video? No, no, no. Motor train would never do something like they that. They did. Uh, okay. Well, we're talking about we something cool. Talk though. about something cool. Um, a couple cars we had in the office. Some good stuff. Um, cars that I. So I had been on the SS one LE Camaro thing pretty hard. That's like it's a cool car. Yeah, and I think you know I always measure this as like. What cars did I drive and then immediately go to the automakers, like, build in price and, like, build a car? Yeah. Um, there's been, since I worked at Auto Week, which is, like, five years, I would say there's been six cars that I've done that with. I would say probably about three for me, but yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the SS1 LE was, was that car for me a year ago. And then I drove, and it's not my first time driving the car, but I drove this uh, GT350 uh, Mustang with some Ford Performance parts. And then that car, that car is, is definitely that car for me now. A car that I actually probably prefer to the SS one LE. Why? With a couple of very, very <coughs> notable issues. Um, now having, having not driven any of these, yep. the one LE is the, is the top of the line. It's uh, the top. No, 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 The one LE is a handling package yeah, it's a on the Camaro yes, yes. that you can get on any of the engines. Uh, right, right. So it, it isn't it is it's a it's an add on you you're, can get to any a, Camaro. You're it's thinking not of the, the top level. You're thinking of the ZL one. That's the ZL one yeah. one LE. Which you can also get the one LE package. Which on. to oh, be okay. fair, I've not driven a ZL one, but a ZL one would be more like a luxury car. It, well, no, it's not more like a luxury car, but it's like the it's not the, anything like luxury so, so car. So this is anymore. an SS I mean, it's, with a handling. Well, it's their luxury trim. Yeah, it's their so, high horsepower. So it's the, the well big finished. thing is you know it's what is it? I think six hundred fifty horsepower. Is yeah. it six fifty? I yeah. thought it was six forty. No, with they a, they were uh, they were going to make it six forty, and then as backlash, it's it. the Corvette Z06 engine put in the Camaro. And if okay, so it does now just have the matched power. Yeah. So if you get the ZL1 with the one LE package, that's obviously the most track capable Camaro you can get. But that's a totally different car. I mean, that's a that's a probably close to eighty grand car. Oh yeah. Versus, uh, you know, an SS one LE is fifty ish. Yeah. Ish. Um, and and I think the SS is fifty ish. Uh, I, no, not the no, SS. The, the uh, 350. The, the GT350 is 50 GT3, to 60. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think like building and pricing it like the way I would actually want it was something like 60 grand or yeah. 59 grand or something like that. Um, but back to Mustang. But I think uh, makes the Mustang makes a fantastic sound. For the most part, I think there's, you know, um, it would be nice to have a little bit more aggressive exhaust, get rid of the turn it on turn it off feature um you know the sport sound yeah versus the, the regular sound. i think it just ha- should just have straight pipes on it with no muffler at all uh and, yeah don't and, argue that yeah and then uh and then the other thing i mean the tape stripes are a little cheesy but you can get that without them yeah which is the best option for a shelby mustang yeah get, no. getting striped elite because those vinyl stripes make your almost sixty thousand dollar car look look pretty cheap Super so cheap. real yep. quick, just to jump in, a Camaro SS starts at 
38. 38. Yeah. So Which you, is you a can get, You can get a Camaro SS comfortably. You can get but it for 40 grand, not one, 50. But a 1LE. But once you get well, yeah, once you get one LE and once yeah, you, which you, is you the get, two cars we're talking you, about, you get the yeah. Krypton green, you get the yeah. get the auxiliary port, right? But yeah. Camaros, but did it have an aux port? I didn't check. It was too too fun to drive. <sighs> yep, and you know a lot of times they don't listen. You know, put on the the NPR and then just rip around. I don't, yeah, you know, I straight. Um, um, but I think the uh, but with the Shelby and the Camaro, we're dealing the, so, with almost so, two different animals. We're dealing with a super high tech. Yeah, engine. I mean, really, you should be talking about like. Uh, GT350 and a Z28, which doesn't exist yet. Yeah, um, even still, we're still dealing the GT350 is leaps and bounds ahead in terms of technology, at least in engine development. So, but in terms of like ripping f- around on like a country road, the you know, Shelby's way more fun. The Shelby's more fun than yeah. the one LE. Yeah. Um, and but, I and a track, it'd be interesting to see them back to back. We're probably gonna see the Shelby would be faster, I'd bet. But it'll be close. Well, yeah. compared to the SS, the SS one LE, yeah, yeah, but you know, it, the but Shelby it should, it, it should, should rightly be because yeah, like the Shelby is also more. yeah, the yeah. Shelby is also more power and everything else. It should it should rightly be positioned against the Z twenty eight. But since we don't have a Z twenty eight yet, yeah, yeah, um, operative word, yeah. But I think, um, but what do you like about it? <laughs> well, so, so tape stripes, not good. You get tape stripes delete, and I would you know it, it would. I think the way to order that car is Wimbledon white with no tape stripes, um, which is how Shelby's were delivered back in the day. Just plain white with, with no stripes. Um, but I think, uh, the other, the other thing that I hate, that I hate, uh, and all Fords do this. I don't know if the GT does it. I haven't been in a GT yet, but the high H point, Oh man. Which is like, it's bad. Like, just you're sitting on the car almost it, it it feels like you're sitting on the car and i think like if you drive a miata and you know even if you drive the the camaro which is not a miata by any stretch of the imagination you're in that camaro you're in the car and your hips are close to the center of gravity roughly in, in that i was uncomfortably low GT3, in that camaro. but you can the thing is is you can be uncomfortably yeah. low and then move it up which is what in the did, gt350 yeah. you're uncomfortably high you feel like you're driving a ford ranger and you can't take it down. I mean, an inch of travel downward would make a world of difference in yeah. the car. Um, and if you look on the, the forums, uh, if you go on the boards, it's a, it's a pretty common topic of discussion. Like, why can't we lower the seat? Or does anybody know if there's a rail that you can buy that lowers the seat? Um, but it's, it's part of, you know, Ford's DNA is to have a high age point, which old people like because it's easier on their old bodies to get in and out. And probably like a lot of people who are buying GT350s are probably 50, 60 years old, which is fine. Uh, and I think you should be able to adjust the seat up to a point where it's comfortable for them. But the fact that you can't adjust it down to like a normal height for a sporty car, just kind of a turn off for that car for me. Um, but other than that, like I said, I went and built and priced one, and it was like, well, for a thousand bucks a month, I could be driving this car. <laughs> like only a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For yeah, for uh, for two mortgage payments in the city of Detroit, I could be I could be driving this car. But um, did you? So you guys drove it too? I drove it. Yeah. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Which between the two of them, where are you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Shelby, I feel, is more fun, but uh. I kind of like the low end torque and especially like the low end throttle position of that Camaro. Yeah. Which a Shelby just doesn't have. Yeah. Especially in tipping, you have to kind of wind it out to really feel it. Yeah. And the Camaro with that LT1, that pushrod V8, it's just there. It feels right the same right. throughout the rev range. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm probably going Shelby. Yeah. If my <laughs> if I could cash that check. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I and again, like once the the Z28 thing happens, I'm sure that Z28 is going to be a monster. Yeah. Um, but I mean the 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 Z28 last generation Z28. That was it's built still a monster. It's an incredible car, and that was and built on a pretty darn old and platform. heavy, yeah, and heavy and old, and it was still it was a brilliant thing. So, if they take that same mentality to what what they call the Alpha platform, the Cadillac ATS yeah. platform, which is so good, much more capable, yeah, that Lighter. has potential to be a seriously good machine. So you drove both of them, Robin? I've driven yes, I, I've not driven them recently, but uh, I've I've driven both of them. And uh, the the Shelby is uniquely wonderful, but I, it's it's hard for me because the Camaro SS One LE I think is it's it's a lot more fair to compare it to the Mustang Five Liter yeah, than it is sure. the Shelby. Absolutely. And I would take. I mean, it's a, it's like a Five Liter with a handling package, would be, right? Yeah. And I would take the Camaro over the Mustang Five Liter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's not even a question. Yeah. But the the Shelby GT three fifty is uniquely good especially the gt 350r when that first came out yeah oh it's, it's so that such capable tire really good you know mega ride shocks so the car we drove had some ford performance stuff yeah uh, I, I, I haven't actually looked at the aside from the ford performance decal that was on the that 50 dollars ford windshield. performance decal it was 50 pretty bucks. obvious yeah um and what is that 50 bucks and uh, it said 110 horsepower that decal uh, at least I don't know. Or is it twenty horsepower? It's I don't know if it's a, the. It was an increase the, the crank or the right. wheels. Right. Just, that's that's, yeah. Right. So that's where. Yeah. So I'll go. Th- I'll go through yeah. the list of upgrades, and then afterwards, you tell me how much horsepower the car has and which upgrade offered the most horsepower. Okay. Uh, it's got a, a modified air filter. That's good for forty. It's got a cat back exhaust <laughs> yeah, I mean, system. Like it's, we've all been on the boards. Yeah. 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 Cat back exhaust system. Yep. Okay. That's 100 probably. At okay. least, yeah. Yep. yep. All right. Wheel. Yeah. Visual upgrades. That would be things the like sticker. that sticker. I mean, that's that's, and then that's, that's, that's a car going faster visually. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. They're speed holes. They make the car go faster. Yep. Great. Short throw <laughs> shifter. Uh, Which mi- is good. Minus yeah. 40 horsepower, though. Yeah, yeah. It's shorter. Yeah, Less leverage. Is, yeah. Uh, lowering springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think so that's good for? Can, okay. And then finally, what uh, Ford deemed the oil separator bundle with Ooh, the a explanation. bundle. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. it's a bundle. Is that the and oil that filter helps, or the oil? That helps keep the oil uh, where it needs to go during high G loading at places like, say, and the I no- racetrack. No, I noticed that driving around Detroit, too, um, that the oil was in the places it needed to be. Yeah, 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 because it was bundled. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I would say with all that stuff, stock horsepower is what, 526? Correct. I would say we are around 526. Yep, yeah, roughly so. <laughs> I was going to guess an it's even It's interesting thousand. because the, the, the numbers you guys gave added up to about 800. Uh-huh. But yeah, you, you take away the, uh, take away the uh, factor and then divide by the derivative, mm-hmm. and you get 526. Yep. So that's so, exactly right. But it... it um, and that's, what's displaying the difference between a bench dyno and a chassis dyno? Right, which we all know... Uh, because of the spinning force and the uh, differentials in the arrow, uh, and, and also the the pressure coefficient uh, of drag, yeah. atmospheric pressure, barometric pressure. Yeah, I mean we're talking uh, about um, you know yeah dividing by zero factors that are impossible to yeah uh, magnets are. Uh, how knows? do magnets work exactly? So it, we don't know um, and, miracles, and we don't know. Um, 
Robin's so mad right now. This is like Robin's entire minor breakdown in the corner. Just (laughs) freaking out. Absolutely. Um, But anyway, yeah, I think we should probably, to be fair, revisit this when the Z28 comes out. Um, And we'll have, you know, we'll line them up and we'll put a V-Box on them and we'll see which car goes 0 to 60 the fastest. And then that car's the best. I have a different proposition. Okay. We line them up, chalk them up. Dump the clutch. See which one can do the best burnout. Is it really a bad burnout, though? It's kind of like pizza where it's like... No, but, like, sure. There's not a bad burnout, but there are better burnouts, much like pizzas. You don't, you don't need chalk. You don't need to chalk them up. I can yeah, do I think those chalk. cars... Yeah, they don't. probably have line lock. Sure. No, you don't need line lock. Either. No, yeah, there's enough going there's on plenty. there. There's plenty. Yeah. But, I mean, just to, to get them... So there's, there's where they're staying, where they're at. Anyway, I think, well, like it's, I said, it's, it's, it's like a little said, trick of the trade. We'll hook up the V-Box and, you know, we'll probably get them both in an automatic. Oh, mandatory. I don't think, can you get that Shelby in an automatic? If not, we'll no, have to have one no. built. Well, yeah. Yeah. so far, at least six-speed manual only. We'll have to have an automatic built so, because obviously, like. I'll 10-speed swap. Well, let's get the new 10-speed, yeah. yeah I mean, whatever. That, that's actually a Ford Chevy co-venture. Ooh. So. Yeah, whatever. You know, obviously, like I said, we'll line them up. Uh We'll get them out on the racetrack, and like, you won't even want to switch them into manual mode because the the computer does such a good job shifting. And then, we'll like I said, we'll compile all the data and decide which car is better just by the data. Yeah, um, it's all about data. That's a car magazine thing. That's right. I mean, yep. that's what car magazines do. You just say, well, this one's faster, so it must be better. And then old rich people uh, get to have a disproportionate influence or proportionate, I guess, influence in the car market. You get a bunch of boring, shitty cars uh, that don't inspire anybody, and uh, you watch uh, car culture gradually decline, and everyone ends up driving a Tesla. Anyway, anyway, so uh, this is a very <laughs> yeah, you really uh, feel there. so Nietzsche. <laughs> when did you get hired on? No, uh, not to not to go dark again. Oh no! Uh, what? Uh, I thought you were gonna double down. No, I okay. thought you were gonna spill something. No. What? Huh? Anyway, anyway, um, so. Like I said, we'll we'll get the instruments out and decide which car is better by measuring. Um, get a measuring time. tape on there and yeah. see which one's longer. Uh, that's good, Wesley. Uh, ruler <laughs> should do the job, though. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But that's so, very funny. Uh, Robin, yes, you were going to tell us a little bit about a different car. Yeah, I uh, not. Long. You know what? Actually, should we wrap up? We're getting close. We're, yeah, to, we are about right on the yep. numbers for now. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's uh, the right way to go. So, Robin, the NSX, good or bad? Good. All right. Let's uh, uh, talk about it next time. I wrote, I wrote about it, and the story's on AutoWeek.com. Yep, uh, that is a fact. Uh, but that wraps up episode twelve. Like I said, the next episode is our Halloween spooktacular. Ooh. It's going to be... say spooktacular. I think... I say it, yeah. Wait, uh, isn't there going to be a guest host on the next uh, Auto Week podcast? Yep, it'll be someone very spooky. David is S. It Pumpkins. Gory Scarrell? It'll be Gory Scarrell, that's oh, right. man. So tune in on your radio dial on your uh, your tube uh, AM radio. Kind of David S. Pumpkins. Anyway, that's the end. Episode 12. Next one is episode 13. It's very spooky. Ooh. Bye.